Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 233 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Crystal. Crystal lives in southern India, but she's originally from California. She's also lived in South Carolina, and um, we're really glad to have her with us today. She is a domestic engineer, and she has three adult kids. Welcome, Crystal. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I've been really looking forward to talking to you because you've been around in my community from the Facebook days to the new community days and everything in between. I know. I'm so cheap. I didn't sign up for the community one. Oh, are you not uh, in the community? I, I was. Community? No, no. I was oh. in the community. I signed up late into the community because oh. I'm just cheap. So okay. then anyways, then I realized. But you're oh, there I now. It. 
Yeah, and I love there. it. I thought so. I was like, why did I think she was there? Because you are there. Well, good. Yeah, I love it too. It's just such a – it's got just a different vibe than the Facebook group of old. Not that I didn't love the Facebook group of old. I did. But you you see the difference when mm. you get to the new one. So I'm glad you're there. You know I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Actually, funny enough, I was actually in the weight loss surgery group because I was around 2017, I was considering doing weight loss surgery. And in India, it's pretty much like you book an appointment and you go and get it done and that's it. And wow. when I was in these groups, it was a whole lot more that was happening worldwide, what other doctors and stuff were doing. And it was somebody in that weight loss community was like, hey, have you heard about intermittent fasting? And I was like, what is that? <laughs> like, I've never heard of that. Let's let's check that out. And that's how I found your book, Delayed, Don't Deny. Well, that's awesome. So you were considering weight loss surgery and it would have been really easy to get it done. Mm-hmm. But you said, now I'm going to try something else. No, actually, I went to my doctor before somebody had mentioned about intermittent fasting. And my doctor went with me to a weight loss surgery consultation, my primary doctor. And when we walked out, he was like, this isn't for you. Like, this isn't the kind of lifestyle that... And he's like begging and pleading, like, do whatever possible. Try one more time. Give it six months. And if it doesn't really work, let's consider this option. I know you're glad that he said that. Oh, yeah, because like he totally saved me from like making a very like I think life altering, life altering and just a desperation fix. And that's not what I needed. And I think this is what I needed because I've been working through this stage. I love that. And not to criticize anyone who's gone down the weight loss mm-hmm. surgery path, because I can remember feeling so desperate and like trying so many things and nothing was sticking. Right. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like this is like the last thing. You know, I, I don't think I weighed enough, but I'm certain if I had kept gaining and not gone down the intermittent fasting path, I would have been really looking into that myself because it just feels like, well, no more hope. I'm just going to do that. But you yeah. found the hope at the last minute. So I'm really, really happy. I did. To I hear did. that. It was like a crazy journey because I my I have done like every single diet, like all the diets that people mention in your podcast. Like I was like, oh yeah, I've done that one. I've done that one. I've done those pills. And like, it just nothing ever worked. And today when I was asking my husband, like, did I forget any diets that I've done? And he was like, nope. <laughs> you That's pretty it. much tried everything. What was the craziest one for you? Uh, I think it was those pills that made you poop. That, that, oh, Olestra? Is I that think, what it is? I think they or maybe that them, was what they put in the food. I think it Orlistat? was called Zenical. In India, okay. they called it Zenical or something like that. But anyways, you took these tablets and like three hours later, you had to make sure you're around a bathroom because- Because like, it, it like was, made the fat go straight through you. Correct. You were just pooping right. out fat. And yeah, and- <laughs> I I never tried those, I will have to say. I I avoided I did lose like ten pounds in a week, but like after after you kind of like miss the bathroom timing, you stop taking Uh, those pills. So embarrassing moments. Yeah. You could get those like just over the counter here, I remember. I think you could get them like at Walmart or something. Just go in and get them. 
it's surprising on how much diet pills are out there without information that you can just pick up over the counter. So and do they might even call Ally A L L I? Maybe I'm trying to remember. I can kind of picture them in my head, but yeah, that one just seemed like you know I was a teacher and always in front of kids. It wasn't convenient to go to the bathroom just whenever you felt like it. So I think I always knew that was not going to work for me. Olestra is that stuff they put in chips. When I now just remembered what that was. Remember that it was a fat substitute. That was supposed to go straight through. It did the same thing, though. It would make you suddenly go Fun. to the bathroom. <laughs> Not the miracle diet we were looking for. Any other crazy ones? Yes, the Ford diet. I did that and back in 2014. I had actually my friend convinced me, like, let's just do this Ford diet, which was like one Ford? day you eat a Ford diet. Ford F O R D. Okay. So basically, I've like, not heard of that one. Okay. So basically, it's like one day you eat bananas, the next day you eat some other fruit, and the third day, like, you get to eat potatoes the whole day. It was, it was just crazy. If you Google it, like, and you see the menu, like, it was pretty simple, but like, oh my God, it was just so draining. And we did that for two weeks. And then we stopped and then we just started this crazy exercise routine where we're doing like four hours of exercise per day. And I was losing a lot of weight at that point. I don't remember exactly the weight I was, but I do remember I broke my friend's scale. And when she got the new one, she let me go back on it because she was sure that I lost weight. And then it read like 145 kgs at that point. And I think that is... That's 319 pounds I okay. was into in 2014. And I was feeling great. I was doing the elliptical and then I got a trainer and that trainer started me running, which I'm not a runner. I don't like exercise, first of all. So like I don't like exercise that feels like exercise. Yeah, I just don't like to sweat because I sweat <laughs> from my head and it looks like oh. I have like gone and taken a shower and it just looks really bad. And I only sweat in my face area. So like Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I got this trainer and he actually ended up putting me on a a slope on the treadmill and I ended up busting the two ligaments in my knees. And that put me out for two and a half years. I felt like I was like an 80 year old woman. And I went into a serious depression at that point because my weight just started going up and up and up and I couldn't move. And then I don't know what happened. I just like just went to food for comfort. Like anytime I was feeling sad about my weight or when I'd walk past the mirror and see, like I would see me when I looked, I thought when I looked like when I was 18, I didn't see like all of me, if that makes sense. Yeah. You didn't really see yourself really in the mirror as you were. Yeah. I got to that. I was like that too. You know, they talk about body dysmorphia, right? And we, we hear of a lot of that through the context of anorexia when people see themselves as bigger than they really are. But I was the opposite. I saw myself in the mirror as smaller, I think, than I really was. Oh, I did for sure. Because like even in photos and stuff, even when I kind of hit, I was like, oh, that's cute. Like I still look the same. Like it's just a little bit of fluff. And it wasn't until 2000 and. 19. I went to the doctor in 2018. I took it seriously in 2019. But around the end of 2018, I started like my weight, like I couldn't, we had stairs in our house uh, upstairs and like first floor. And I, once I was up, I was up. Once I was down, I was down because my knees hurt so badly 
from that injury that and plus I carried on all this weight so it's just you was, know I, I keep thinking about that injury you were in the 300 pound range at that time and he put you on a mm. treadmill at an incline and had you run yeah and I was I mean, really I'm happy. not a trainer but that sounds like really a bad idea oh yeah I didn't know like I paid him so like <laughs> he should have known is what I'm saying mm. I'm like he sh- he should I don't know that just sounds like like some guy off the street. It's like, all right, we're just going to run, run. Oh my yeah. gosh. And I was, I was running like two kilometers and I was reading up on it. I started really liking it. But then like, they always said, if you ever had like, you felt like an injury, you should stop. And when my knees popped, it took a couple days for it to like finally sit in. And I just couldn't get out of bed. And I just, I think in the, from that 2015, when that started until 2019, I just wasn't like a serious depressive state because I couldn't do anything. My life stopped. I couldn't walk. And then my weight, I had no idea that my weight got so high. And then I was seriously considering suicide because that was the only way to like get out of this situation because there was no way for me to lose weight. Like I failed at every single diet that was put out. I did the low calories. Everything just felt like so much work. I hated counting. I hated logging. I hated weighing my food. I hated all of that. Like at that time that like this life just didn't make sense to me. Like I didn't want to live like that. You knew that life shouldn't be such a struggle. It shouldn't be so, so difficult. Mm, It shouldn't, especially with weight. Right. So then I went for, went to my primary doctor and told him I wanted to do this. And then he told me, you know, just try really hard. And then I did. And then a friend of mine, and I was talking to her about this in the early stages, before I figured out how much I weighed, she told me, before you ch- step on that scale, I think you should go see a therapist first, just to like get you prepared for that. And thank God I did. So I went and saw um, a therapist and we started talking and it went on for about 18 months. That was like a real big part of my journey too, was that, and I realized that I had emotional eating issues. I, f- I found out that I had like some other childhood traumas that actually made my emotional eating issues much worse. And I didn't realize that there was just so many things going on. And then and that they were all connected, probably. They were all connected. They were all connected. I was just kind of living in like neutral mode for quite some time. So just numbing I- it, just numbing it and not feeling it and, and letting yeah. food soothe you. Yep. That's what it was doing. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress 
vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. So in January of 2019, I stepped on the scale and I bought a scale that went up to 200 kgs, which is, what is that, 440 pounds. And I had to wait for a day when nobody was at home and so that I'd have some privacy to like figure out what I was going to weigh. And when I stepped on that scale, I ran through my house. I was so mortified. I could not believe it read 184.6, which was 406 pounds. Wow. Like I just could not like, I was just watching a show about people in the 400 club and I was thinking, oh my God, that is so sad that they got so fat. And here I am. I was that, I was that fat. I was that 406 pounds. Yeah, and I think I was probably a little bit heavier than that, but I don't know because I didn't have the scale. But that day when I stepped on the scale and probably went through my whole house, I had to find like a level because I was sure that my house was crooked. Right. <laughs> the scale was that scale off. can't be right. That scale was just so wrong. And then I find it just like hit me. It just hit me like a brick. And then when I went and looked in the mirror, there's this movie called Something Pretty. Uh, I think it's called I Feel Pretty or something like that. But anyways, I lost my pretty. Like I saw for the first time in the mirror what I actually look like. Like all of a sudden, like, yeah. And when people talk about this body, I forgot the word that you just said. Dysmorphia. Yeah, dysmorphia. Like I didn't really know what that was until I started going through therapy. And when I told my therapist about this and she was like, oh, you have this. (laughs) I'm like, I had no clue. Like. I really like just saw like all of me. And I think that was just frightening. And then I put the scale away. And then I just decided after my doctor said, do this, that I was just going to follow his instructions. And then I just started doing like a low, I started actually doing something that I did when I was 18, when I had my first son. And I was so busy being a teen mom and just married. I was going to school. So I was only eating one meal a day. And I remember I had so much energy, but I always ate that like one meal so well. So I was just going to do that. And I started off really slow, but I did like more of a keto version of it until I found out about Delay, Don't Deny. And when I read that book, everything changed. 
everything just like, I was like, I can do this. And I'm like, oh my God, like, why couldn't all the other books just be so simple and talk to you? <laughs> like, I really felt like I was sitting and talking to my girlfriend the entire time. I was like, yeah, that's right, Jen. That's all you have and to do. And here we are. We're doing it. <laughs> yeah. So that's basically like where it started for me. And then from there, now I was just trying to get my family on board about this crazy new diet. <laughs> Right, right because, because you had tried all those crazy things. and Yes. And for Indians in India, I mean, even like when you greet people, they'll say hello. And the next question is, have you eaten? Like food oh, is wow. a, <laughs> So food is like a super important thing here. And so when you tell somebody, oh, no, I don't eat. And they're like, what? Like, what are you? <laughs> are you what's wrong? <laughs> so... <laughs> And I remember my husband and I fighting about this all the time. And I actually threw my Kindle at him and said, don't say another word about intermittent fasting until you read Jen's book. After you read Jen's book, then you can sit here and talk to me about it. But until then, don't. Because he was just assuming so many things. And after that, that's when he started. (laughs) Oh, I love it. So he read it. He read it. And then he was like, I really don't need to intermittent fast. He's pretty skinny. But he had some love handles on the side. And he's like, I think I can do it for a short time. And he did. He finally got rid of those love handles. So, But now everybody in my family has done some form of intermittent fasting. I love it. Even your like your kids, your adult kids. Yeah. My 22-year-old, he did it and lost 30 kgs. And my youngest son, he is actually a gamer turned pro racer. So he needed to lose... 30 kgs to get into the race car. So he actually did intermittent fasting at 18. So for him, like his is more of an athlete based diet, but yeah. Yeah. So, but he does amazing, but he still does a form of like an eighteen six based on what his workout schedule is, but everybody is done. I love it right now. Cal is not doing it as far as I know. (laughs) He had been kind of for a while, a little bit around college, but now he doesn't, but will the 22 year old that lives at home, he doesn't claim to do it, but he does. <laughs> you know, he gets up, wanders around. Like, I'll be like, have you eaten yet? It'll be 2 o'clock. And he's like, no, not yet. And then he just, you know, eats when he feels like it. But he, he would not yeah. say he's an intermittent faster. Yeah, my middle asking. son's like that, too. He doesn't say he's intermittent fasting, but he is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but again, he's just eating according to his hunger and satiety. That's it. So he's just eating naturally. So how many of us would have been intermittent fasters naturally if we'd have just been allowed to be? I don't know. Yeah. Different So you started at, at 406. Yeah. That was my so, official starting weight. So what has happened since then? Well, since then, I actually started officially after I read your book. It was April 9th of 2019. And from April 9th, I actually started my intermittent fasting journey. So from then, I have lost a total of 82 kgs, which is, I should really know this. I have to do quick math better. I know. We, we have to look it up. I always have to look it up. It's 180 pounds. I've lost Oh, my gosh. 180 pounds. Yeah. And I still have probably another, I'm thinking another 30, 35 pounds more to go. I think. I'm not sure. I'm just kind of like, I had a goal to get to 100. I thought if I got to 100 kgs, I'd be happy. But then over this process, like, I'm just going to keep going until my body says, yeah, yeah, 
your bo- body is boss. That's that's one of my my new things I've been saying a lot in the in the community just because it's true. It's going to do what it does. We just have to work with it. But 180 pounds. I know. It's embarrassing. <laughs> no, it's not embarrassing. I'm excited. I'm like, uh, it's amazing because, you know, when you really understand everything that you've been through, the trauma, you know, the childhood trauma, did you not remember the trauma and it came up through therapy or had you like put it away and it came back out? I do remember parts of my childhood when I lived with my mom. I, I had grown up with my grandparents, but when I lived with my mom, I always remembered I was always starving, 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 starving. And I think my mom wasn't feeding us as young kids. So my grandparents, like as soon as whenever they would see us, they would just stuff us with food. Like food has just like anything going on wrong. Let's just have some cake. And I remember my grandmother, like when she was having bad days, let's just go and have a donut. So like all of these like thing was just it felt like around. safety. It felt like love. It felt like yeah. comfort. It was just a lot. And I didn't realize how a lot of that played into my adult years. And also too, like with my kids, even when they were sad, I'd bake them a cake or I'd make them cookies or, you know, anything. And I, I actually contributed to their weight gain in their teenage years as well. And I didn't realize that I was doing that. So like, it's, it's been, I mean, therapy has definitely been like a very pinnacle part of my journey. And I'm very thankful that I was able to do it because I've realized like, there's a lot of things that I can correct that I didn't know that I had problems with. So I think that's huge, you know, for people listening who, who think, gosh, you know, I wonder if I should try therapy. Definitely. Mm-hmm. It's about finding the right therapist for you. Mm-hmm. And like, did you find one right away? Did you click with one or did you have to try several and find one that? I did not click with the first one I had in India. I actually ended up going online and used different sites. And right. I worked with actually two t- types of therapists when I worked with a CBT, which is correcting cognitive your, behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which I absolutely loved. And actually, that's probably been a really important part to like my marriage as well. Like there's a lot of things that we both have fixed in that. And the other one was for the emotional eating. I didn't realize that I had an emotional eating issue. So that then working through those techniques on making sure that you don't comfort yourself with food all the time, that there are other things that you can do. So those two types of therapies like really worked for me and really just kept me going. And I felt good. It made me feel better. So I figured if it makes me feel better, why not? So what would you tell someone who struggles with emotional eating or maybe you said you didn't realize that you were struggling with it? For me, I mean, I haven't really spoken to anybody really about emotional eating, especially like in the the groups that I have or even people that I've been helping with intermittent fasting because mental health issues in India are like very taboo. So it's just now getting a little bit more publicized that there are a lot of mental health issues here. So I don't know. I don't know what I would say to somebody who actively knows that they have an emotional eating issue because I didn't know. So, but definitely therapy helps with correcting bad behaviors and some good behaviors that maybe aren't so good for you. What do you mean by that? Well, emotional eaters have like people pleasing issues as well. So like everything has to be, you just have to people please. And if things for me, when I was people pleasing, I was always like not saying what I wanted to say and I wasn't voicing my opinions, and I wasn't like being clear, and I wasn't communicating correctly. And for me to fill that void, I would go and eat. And I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. 
That makes sense. And yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm filtering it through. Because I, I think every person probably does some emotional eating, mm-hmm. right? And just be, like, like I'm going through this move right now and we're moving. And what day is it? Three days. Three days we're moving <laughs> to another state. So I'm feeling very, you know, stressed. And I eat way more something that I would than I should have yesterday. And I'm like, I why am I eating continuing to eat this? I don't want this anymore. But it was just, you know, it felt like, it was like mindless eating. So even I do that, right? So <laughs> I think for people with emotional eating, it's probably more in the excess. Like we just like there's no way to stop mm-hmm, until mm-hmm. it's finished. So for me it was just like I can eat. I know my stomach is big. I don't know if it'll ever shrink back down to a normal size, but if I want to, I can eat. Like I can seriously eat. But for an emotional eater, it's like there's no cap to like turn that off. It's just until that emotion is numb to where you don't feel it again, that's when you yeah. like. So that's, that, that's the difference. So we all trying to get get that across. We all have moments where we eat for stress relief, whatever. But when it really becomes a big part of your life, that's that's different. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's just recognizing when you need to find help for that. I love that you found great help online because, mm-hmm. you know, there's also a little bit of a stigma with that. You know, people thinking, oh, you've got to be in person. And mm-hmm. it's really, really hard to find someone in person. We were We were trying to find a therapist locally for our son and waiting lists. Mm-hmm. And we we filled out paperwork and mailed it in and never got any callback. I mean, things like that. And <laughs> it's not easy. I found the online services actually very simple and easy. There's so many available now. And you can actually, it's kind of like Tinder for counselors, I think. You can kind of pick like what kind of counselor you're looking for, right. what you feel comfortable with male, female, like also age makes an importance if you want somebody who's slightly older or younger or whatever. So, but online, much easier and you can do voice or you can do video or you can do text, whichever works for you. So I find those options exist because like I said, finding someone locally, I mean, we live in a pretty medical town, but it was like impossible to find somebody locally. So that's just, you know, no wonder. And imagine that you're struggling with mental health issues and you can't find anybody easily. So it's like, you're like, never mind, just Mm -hmm. forget it. So it's, the system doesn't make it easier to get the help that you need. True. That is true. And I, I think it's a shame that India, you said that it's, there's a taboo even in America too, although it's, it's becoming less of a taboo. But knowing that you need to to get some help, there's no shame in that. And it's it's actually a very brave thing to do. Well, yeah. I mean, even for my husband's friends, a few of them have come out to him and said that they've gone through therapy. And he was kind of shocked because this is a land of you don't discuss your personal business with anybody outside the family because it is like CNN in India. Like everybody knows your business. <laughs> so, <laughs> so people misunderstand a lot about mental health. Mental health doesn't mean that you're crazy or that you right. have all these other things. You need to be on pills or whatever. No, like sometimes a girl just needs to talk and she just needs somebody to listen and maybe just give some sight, some, you know, some insight to, okay, maybe you should, maybe you should reconsider how, how to think this way, or maybe we should try doing something this way because every, every human, we don't like to ask for help, but we like to figure things out on our own and try to 
see what works best for us because asking for help is a sign of weakness. And especially here in India, if you ask for help, it's like, oh my God, why don't you know this? So, right. And I don't know everything. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't think I'll ever know everything. So, no. But now if I don't, I ask. It's also nice to have someone who's on the outside. They're looking at your life in a way that you can't see it from being on the inside. And so they can say things to you that, you know, your spouse wouldn't be able to really say. Or you would be very defensive with your spouse. But for someone else who's like stranger, (laughs) suddenly you're able to hear it differently. That's true. That is 100% true. So would you say that you, you do still struggle with emotional eating now? Actually... I think I've uh, overcome it because I recently lost my mom. I wasn't very close with oh, her. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank still, you. It's still hard. It is hard. And I'm not very close with my biological sisters, but they completely like fell apart. So I kind of, and I'm the oldest. So I kind of felt like I should, I kind of had my shit together, I say, and just decided, okay, like food did not overcome me. It did not take me back to three years ago. Like, I didn't use food to come from my emotions. I let my emotions go how they needed to go. And you felt them. I felt them. And I felt some emotions I'd never felt before, to be honest. And I think until you have those experiences of a death of a loved one or whatever is going on in your life, you don't know like what those feelings are. And I just kind of let them go. And I, you know, I even had mentioned, I had told my husband, I'm starting to, I'm, going to do ADF. And I'm not a big fan of ADF. I I do like to eat, but I knew that I wanted to kind of change up my routine a little bit with my fasting right now. And I just couldn't do it. Like I just was not in the mindset to do it. And actually I wasn't even in the mindset to do my current fasting that I wanted to, which I usually do a 23-1 fast because I'm still in weight loss mode. And I just bumped it down to a 19-5. I just made sure that I stayed hydrated. I slept when I needed to sleep. I cried when I needed to cry. I just let things go. And then by day four, I was like, okay, I need to get out of this funk. I need to go get out of the house. I need to do something different. And that's what we did. And I've been fine. Like I'm, I don't use food as a tool to satisfy my feelings. So I do other things. That is really powerful. Going from someone who did and now you're not. So what what are some of the things that you do instead? I meditate. I still do the CBT therapy online. I kind of like it. I think I'm a little bit addicted to it. I like these morning shows. It gives me like a good start for the day that they have. So I meditate. I walk. I still don't like to exercise. I did read somewhere a couple years ago that weight loss was only... 70% 70% was relate, food related and 30% was exercise related. Yeah, I've heard numbers like 80, 20, <laughs> 75, 25, a similar kind of a thing. Yeah. Just showing you that. And and genetically, some people need exercise for weight loss more than others. Yeah. Like it does vary from person to person. Like my friend Sherry, who co-hosts Life Lessons with me, she, I think she genetically needs the exercise to lose mm. weight, whereas my genetic testing said, nope, exercise is not going to make you lose weight. Now, that doesn't mean sometimes people misinterpret me to say that you should not exercise. And I'm not saying that at all because it's great for your mental health. Like you getting out walking, that's exercise in my book. Walking is is great exercise. It keeps your body strong. It helps your bones. It, it's really good for you. And that's my preferred way you know, of moving through the world. And, oh, actually, here's what's also funny. 
I've, you know, been moving. Look at my muscle. I'm showing Crystal my muscle. I Can see you that. see it? Yeah, that's All really I've been cool. doing, like I've been lifting a lot of heavy boxes. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> moving will do that to you. <laughs> Seriously, though, like I'm like pretty much the box packer and mover and everything. But nice. but I'm like, I have built muscle. She really has. This, you can see I it. Really, I really, really have. I mean, I'm like, I was showing Chad the other day. I'm like, look at my arm. <laughs> it's just because we have, you know, increased human growth hormone, but I'm not lifting weights. I'm lifting boxes and fasting lets me do it all in the fasted state. And I feel wonderful. And it, it's, you know, at the age of 52, to see that this, you know, my body still responds in this way is really exciting. But I think walking is great. That's what I was getting to. And it is a great physical way to also feel mentally better. Mm. Normally, I do about probably around 30 to 45 minutes a day if I can get myself out. Again, I'm a lazy person. I really hate exercise. So when I read that 30% is like related to your weight loss, I'm like, okay, that can wait until later. I'll start or doing that. Or even 20%. It could be 20%. Yeah. Because even for me, like when I first started intermittent fasting, like full on in April of 19, the I we had full staff in India. We can have, we had a cook, we had a maid, wow. two maids, we had a driver. So like, I didn't have to do anything because basically everybody was my PAs throughout my house. So when I started this, I let everybody go. And I decided I'm just, because I was too heavy to go to the gym. And even we had an in-home gym as well. And I was maxed out to use any of the equipment. Like you had to wow. be hundred below 130 kgs. So I just basically cleaned my house daily and it was 6,000 square feet and I just cleaned, deep cleaned wow. every day. And I still do that to till today. And my house is much smaller because after COVID, like I really hated cleaning that house. <laughs> I was like, we have to move to something smaller. I get that. That's that's one thing we're doing because, you know, we were coming out of a 4,900 4, and something, almost 5,000 square foot house. And Chad does not like having someone come in and clean. He just mm. doesn't like it. He feels like, I don't know, like it's a violation of his privacy. We used to have someone when I was teaching that came in once a week and I loved that. But when I started staying home, I kind of saw what he felt like. I was like, oh yeah, mm. she's here and I'm here and I don't like that. So, yeah. <laughs> so I have to I'm put myself. <laughs> but I don't mind doing it. It is great workout. Mm. I mean, it's, you know, dusting, dusting, vacuuming, and it feels good to do those things. Cleaning the mirrors. My husband bought me a new Apple Watch, so I still clean my house to this day, even though it's only 3,800 square feet now. But I do, through in like five hours of my day, I do around 17,000 steps. Wow. And then after that- you are active. You're mm, very active. You can't say you don't like exercise because you're doing it. I do put the ACs on and wait an hour before, so the whole house is cooled down so that I can clean so I don't sweat. I hate sweat. Oh, that's good. Yeah, but that is mainly like my main source of exercise that I do. Walking is just to get out of the house and get fresh air and meet my friends and just chit chat. Well, I know you've read Fast Feast Repeat. You remember that part in the mindset chapter that talked about the the ladies who cleaned the, the hotel cleaning ladies, the hotel maids, I guess is the the right wording. Maybe that's what they used in the study. And half of the group was told that all the work they did to clean the hotel rooms was enough exercise for the day. Mm-hmm. And the other group wasn't told that. And the group that was told it was exercise lost weight. Yeah. And the other group didn't. So, you know, believing that that what you're doing as you move through your day is working your body is powerful. I so just I believe it. To, yeah. I'm lifting yeah. those boxes. Walking I'm gonna walk on the beach a lot because that's my favorite. <laughs> 
I can't That's wait. Nice. It really we had a house on the beach. I really loved it. So I did miss, yeah. I do miss the beach. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. I'm going to, I'm going to do a lot of walking and it's just, there's so much interesting stuff to look at mm. when you're That's at true. the beach. People watching, that's my favorite. <laughs> so I started doing that, cleaning my house. And then also, I didn't take that scale back out. And in fact, I called her the big B. Like she just was not coming out of the box <laughs> yeah, again. I get it. So, and I couldn't find any measuring tape because I remember reading in Delay Don't Deny that taking pictures and measurements and tracking all this because you'll have inches lost versus like weight. And sometimes you may not see the difference unless you have those pictures. Right. And funny enough, I couldn't find a tape measure to figure out how to like measure my waist. And so I just went to my friend who's a crafter and I got some yarn and basically Every month I take a new yarn piece out, measure my waist, and then I'd stick it on the back of my, my bedroom that is door. That's a powerful strategy. And yeah, and I just labeled them. So like every month, like the inches would move just a little bit. And when I hit like 50 pounds, when I lost 50 pounds the first time, I was I thought I was like a rock star. But then like when nobody noticed, oh. it was like, and I was thinking, oh, okay. My husband says you're, you're still a little bit big, maybe. <laughs> Maybe you need a little Thanks, bit more time. Honey. So he said it <laughs> is his, yeah. amazing. I know that felt great. It did, but it, it kind of felt sad that like nobody else saw it. And then I just kept doing, I just kept doing that. And it wasn't until I think when Fast Feast Repeat came out, I took the scale out again. And then that's when I started. I said, oh, shoot, I hit 120 kgs. What is this? Like, I had no clue that I had gone down so much so fast. And uh, which made sense with the strings because the strings just kept getting shorter and shorter. So for everybody who hasn't seen that string trick yet, Mm -hmm. that is a powerful strategy. Mm -hmm. I wish I'd have put that in Fast Feast Repeat. I don't think I did. But it was really something you would see in the Facebook groups a lot. They would Mm -hmm. people would show pictures of it. Like Crystal said, you take a piece of yarn, anything string, wrap it around your waist, cut it. And then tape it up on the wall somewhere. You put it on your door and then ever so often repeat it and put it up next to it. And so you can really see that that level of the string just changing and the string gets shorter over time. And it, it's the, it shows you exactly how your body is changing. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now... New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Yeah. And for me, I needed to see that daily. So Mm -hmm. that's why I kept it on the back of my bedroom door so that when I opened the door in the morning, I looked at it and be like, yeah, you are doing this. Like, don't give up. Like, keep going. It's working. It's working. It's working. That's all I just kept saying. It's just working. Really helpful. I had one of those marble jars. You know how people that you've seen those also on Facebook. I had a marble jar with my goal. This is how many I want. Like it was when I wanted to lose 75 pounds. So I started with 75 marbles in that jar. And then I had an empty jar. And then as I lost the weight, I moved them over to the other jar. And that, that visual really, really helped me. Yeah. Some people need the visuals versus what that skill says. I mean, and she lies. She lies all the time. But the (laughs) weekly averaging finally helped me with that to not get caught up in that. And then I would graph my weekly average and see how that was going. And I also had a gold dress that I kept on the back of my door of my bathroom. And just seeing that when I would go into my bathroom and see that gold dress there and know, okay, this is my goal. This is what trying it on and taking pictures with how it wouldn't even zip. (laughs) Then the zipper's getting closer. And actually, I remember that was when I did have a cleaning lady and she was like, is that your gold dress? (laughs) (laughs) And then she's like, I bet that dress fits you now. And then it did. So I had one too that was hanging in my bathroom. I had the string on my front door. My, My husband thought I was mad. String on my front door and I had my gold dress. It was like a skirt and top in my bathroom so that when I was brushing my teeth in the morning, I could see it and be like, okay, I'm going to get there. Can you believe when I finally put it on, it was too big. It just slid right off. That's so funny. I finally got rid of that dress. I kept it for a long time and it didn't fit me anymore because I had worn it when I was maybe 150 pounds, I think is when I bought that dress. And I I felt so good in it at that moment when I was 150, but I I had it, you know, on one of my (laughs) yo-yo, yo-yo trips. And then as I was coming down and trying to get to my goal weight, you know, I got back into it and then it was too big. Mm. And again, like you said, and so I kept it though, because it just felt very, celebratory that that dress finally fit and then it was too big but I had like put I don't know rubber bands to hold because it would like it didn't fit on my arms anymore so just to hold it up and I'm like I can't do anything with this dress so when I was cleaning and organizing for putting the house on the market I just I threw it away because it no one wanted it I mean I had done something with the straps it was not going to be salvageable for anybody because of rubber bands and it was also really out of style by now but that's okay things are coming back yeah (laughs) well this one this one's in the the trash trash pile right now but (laughs) because we're super duper downsizing but to this day you're just still cruising along what does your fasting feasting look like are you pretty much 23 one I try to stay in autophagy because I try to stay in autophagy as much as possible I don't really know like the accurate time frame for that is for my body, but I see significant inch lost on my hanging skin because coming down from 400 pounds to where I am right. now, my skin, I'm not unhappy with it because I kind of already knew like this is going to happen. But then when I read about autophagy, I was like, oh, 
well, skin is an organ, so maybe yeah, over yeah. time it'll correct. And I know you, nobody can see me, but like a couple months ago, I had like a really bad sagging, I don't know, neck. what is this? Your neck. Your neck, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gobble. The waddle. I don't know, it's the waddle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It was really bad. And I started doing some face yoga exercises at night that took like five minutes and it's like really starting to tighten. That might be the yoga, that might be autophagy. I don't know. I'm just claiming both. But for me, like I do see a big difference when I stick to a 23 schedule, 23-1. My skin issues are getting better. I can see it starting to tighten up. And I'm okay with that because I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. So I have plenty of time for my body to heal itself. And I'm okay with, with doing that. So if I can avoid weight loss surgery, I can definitely try to avoid skin removal surgery. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Because I think that is no joke. Yeah. It's pretty harsh, too. <laughs> I think so. That's what I'm saying. I think that is really, really hard. So we really didn't talk about gro- your growing up in teenage years. When did you first start to struggle with your weight? I actually didn't have any weight issues until I had my second son and my first son I had a I had him when I was 17 so I lived in a maternity home so our food was very regulated so I gained like the typical 23 pounds and when I gave birth like I lost all the weight so I went back so to you were not an overweight teenager no actually what put on my weight was my second son I blame him because I literally literally ate for two and my husband kept telling me like Crystal I don't think you need to eat a whole thing of of ice cream. And I'm like, I didn't enjoy my first pregnancy. Like I really want to enjoy my second pregnancy. And I gained a hundred pounds in my second pregnancy. And that actually, that hundred pounds stayed with me until I moved to India. And that's when I was 24. Okay. And then from there I maintained that hundred pounds, give or take, I would drop 20 here with these crazy diets or, but I never really gained weight. And until 2014, I think I had put on, I think an extra 30 or 40 pounds at that point. And that's when I went to the gym. So yeah. So I didn't have issues with that at all as a teenager. It was only after pregnancy. It started with that second pregnancy. A hundred pounds is a lot to put on in one pregnancy. Yeah. And my doctors kept telling me, and he was a big baby too. Like, And I was so embarrassed about my weight that I had gained. I told the epidural guy that I was 50 pounds lighter and I felt everything of that nine pounds, 13 <laughs> ounces coming out of me naturally. Like my third kid, I was like, I'm 50 pounds more. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, more. My epidural didn't take for my second child. So I know, I feel you. It took everywhere except like where you wanted it to take. It's like the ring mm. of fire where I felt everything. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. but I remember being really embarrassed about my weight with my second child because I had gotten up for me. It was the highest it ever been. It was like 180, 190-ish kind of range for me. And with my first, I was 163 the day I gave birth. So that was it was a lot. I didn't want to have to say my weight out loud. When they asked me and Chad was in the room, I'm like, I don't want to say that number because, you know, he's like 140 pounds or something. (laughs) Didn't seem very feminine to be 108, whatever I was at the time. But I remember a teacher that I worked with at the time. I was in Stockbridge, Georgia, and she's like, you really are gaining a lot of weight. You're going to have to eat a lot of fruit. And I'm like, thank you. Okay. (laughs) Bless. Yeah. So I never lost that weight. And then when I had my third kid, I gained the 23 pounds and lost that and still kept Mm -hmm. the hundred. 
Yeah. So it was just like the hundred was just stuck. And it was just there. It was there. The reason I was asking is I was just wondering where you'll end up, what your final weight will be. And you know, a lot of people end up right around their high school weight. My high school weight, I was, I had a lot of muscle because I played sports. So I was around 160, 165, but I wasn't fat. And that was like a size five, six. So. Yeah, oh, that's definitely, that's that's small, especially mm. back then, the size mm. five, six back in those days was yeah. <laughs> probably smaller than it is now. But I don't remember ever dieting or like. Just what your body was doing. Yeah, it was just, it was. Pregnancy just did it for me, I guess. Yeah. Do you think you'll you'll get back to that ever? I don't know. Like I said, like I'm just I know that this lifestyle choice that I have, I always tell people that this is, you know, like India is my home, but IF is my way of life. And yeah. I will always be doing some form of IF. I don't I do I have had meat slow parts in my weight loss journey because at certain times I just kind of test to see if I can maintain. So maybe right. I'll open my window a little bit longer for maybe a couple of weeks or maybe a month and just practice like maintenance because I think that's a great idea. Yeah, so and also I keep changing up my timings and stuff. So I take a, a small break from like my in 23-1. Yeah. yeah. And I just, because I feel that I need to learn how to maintain so that I can stay in control. And for me, like coming from an American diet to an Indian diet, like portion size was still, like I was still eating portion sizes from the US and India yeah. until 2018. So that changing that aspect of it and just basically just like learning a whole bunch of new skills and just trying to do my best and make it work for me. Well, I think that's that's a, a great strategy because also our bodies can adapt if we're twenty three one too long. If you just yeah. if you have a really really consistent window, your body's like, all right, that's what we're doing. We're just going to adapt right here. So having mm-hmm. some variety in there makes a lot of difference. So have you had any health victories? Uh, yeah, I've had a lot. One, when I first started, I had all my blood work done because my doctor was like, okay, we're going to do this crazy journey of intermittent <laughs> fasting. And all of my blood work was probably, it was in the high range. Like I was pre-diabetic and I didn't even know that either. So now like all of my blood work is in perfect range. I am doing a little bit more research on trying to get some vitamin testing done to see if I'm deficient in any vitamins. Trying to find those tests in India are actually proving to be a little bit harder because they don't test everything. They test only certain ones, which is pretty typical that is deficiencies in India, like vitamin D, vitamin C, and magnesium is a big deficiency here. So working on that, what other health victories? My eyesight has improved on that, which is weird. What else? My nails have gotten, like, I've never been able to grow my nails and my nails are like rock hard. So I think, <laughs> I think that's been like a really Absolutely, good Absolutely. Yeah. I believe it. My skin, everybody always compliments me on my skin that it just looks younger and younger every time that they see me. And then also my sleep patterns have been improved because of it. And also the funniest thing though, I started perimenopause when I started intermittent fasting. So I feel that has also helped with maintaining most of my symptoms. I say most, but right. there are a few that do pop in. But yeah, so I think those are really good health victories as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I really, really think that intermittent fasting helped me go through menopause and 
the terrible, terrible struggles. I mean, was it always e- easy? No. <laughs> the sweating. <laughs> but that's all gone now, thank goodness. <laughs> You're so lucky. I cannot wait until I'm there. Like, I hate it. <laughs> I know. I, I can remember, like, I was, you know, I was keeping track of all my cycles. And I remember when I had gone 10 months and I was so excited and then bam, then I had to they start happen. over. I was like, no, but that was the last one. But I guess the other great health victories that I can probably say has helped me is groups, like the intermittent fasting groups online, Facebook. Oh my God, that really helped. And the online therapy, like getting my mental health. That was a huge health uh, health improvement. And yeah, I can't think of anything else. But yeah, this perimenopause, if you ever come up with a book with intermittent fasting in this, let us know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just, <laughs> we don't know what to expect. <laughs> it is I was rough. sure surprised by a lot of it. So is there anything that you struggle with? Sugar. At times, our family are just like sugar addicts. So like, I feel that I can avoid it. But as soon as I have a little bit, I just want more and more and more. And I know it's my brain. I think sugar is just like a it's major lighting your drug. brain up in a certain way. Yeah, one one of my yeah. children, it's like that for him, absolutely. And for me though, I, I know I can stop with sugar. That's what's it. give me something crunchy, cheesy, and salty mm. though, and I could eat a whole bag of it. That's my problem. Yeah. As long as I say no, like I can literally have one bite of ice cream, and that's enough. Oh, see, I'm, I can't. I have to have at least a half. half yeah, a pint. I get it. It's a real struggle. So people who feel like they struggle with sugar, they do. You know if you do. I could go the rest of my life and have it here and there and be fine. But crunchy, cheesy things that are puffy, <laughs> cheese puffy things, don't buy me a giant bag of that because that's one <laughs> serving. <laughs> <laughs> so sugar. Sugar is your struggle. Sugar is my struggle. And I think that in my family, even with my kids, like as soon as I start seeing them bringing Coke and Sprite in, I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like what? what is this? And they're like, mom, it's just one time. But then it just starts collecting. Slippery slope. Yeah. And so that's when I come in and just wipe everything out. I love that you have found intermittent fasting, that it has changed the trajectory of your life. Yes. Because I don't think if if I found it, actually, I'd be sitting here having this podcast with you, to be honest, because that's that's just basically where like- You were in a dark place. Very dark. And it got to the point to where I was thinking like, oh my God, I'm 400 pounds. Like, how should I do this? What would be the easiest way for people to take care of take care of this afterwards? Thank you for being honest with that. And I know that's hard to say out loud. So, and I'm also really glad you got the therapy. Yeah. So yeah. if anybody's having those same thoughts, really mm-hmm. y'all trying to find somebody locally. I mean, if you're having an emergency, obviously go to the emergency room. They will hook you up with someone right away. But other than that, if you're just trying to find through the traditional routes, it, it can be really impossible. So consider the, the online. There have been a couple that have sponsored this podcast over time. I can't remember all of their names or I would say them. So I won't say any of them because I can think of a couple. <laughs> but there are just so many out there for you, for anybody who's having those thoughts. And surprisingly, a lot of people don't think that people of that weight would have like this kind of like emotional issues or mental health issues, but it doesn't matter what your weight number is if you're having some kind of where you need intervention, whether it be starting a new journey or just trying to continue what you're currently doing, definitely reach out. Get that help. Yeah. The emergency room, like I said, for immediate, but other than that, the online places are are great. So we are almost out of time. 
What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Well, I always tell everybody, one, read your books because like, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. Take it slow because if you try to jump into it, you're going to fail. And if you just try to do like these longer fasts, you really need to build your body up to it. It's just like with any exercise, you can't go run 10 miles every day. You got to work your way up to it. And just listen to your body, really listen to what he or she is saying and just just go with that and join the groups. The groups help a great deal, especially when you have like a whole team of like supporters and people who motivate you and they're just perfect strangers, but it really does help. You know, because whatever you're struggling with, you're not alone. You're not the first person to have that struggle. You're not the last. I mean, literally, whatever it is, we've heard that before. And there's somebody who will be like, yeah, me too. I had that same diarrhea. I mean, (laughs) we used to have a code in the mod group when we used to have on the Facebook group. We'd be like, all right, there's one for you. There's a question for you. (laughs) So it would be the big diarrhea question every time. But I mean, things like that. Don't be embarrassed to ask because we've heard them all before. Just knowing that you're not the only person whose body is doing that crazy adjusting just feels good. You're not alone and there's no question too crazy. I always tell people is just stay consistent. Like right. people ask me if I I was motivated and I say, no, I'm not motivated every day to do this. But like I decided to stay consistent to me. This was my part of self-care and self-healing. So and that's it. So just stay consistent. Day by day. It didn't take one day or two weeks or one year to put on this weight. It took time. So it's going to take time to reverse reverse it as well. Crystal, thank you so very much for staying up late, sharing your time zone and sharing your story with us here today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm like, I've been kind of like fangirling here because oh. <laughs> I like the first time you ever messaged me on my post, I think it was when I hit a hundred. No, it was before I hit a hundred pounds because I came back at a hundred pounds and the thing was gone and I thought I had been kicked out. Oh no. <laughs> and I had celebrated, I think my 80 pound loss and you had mentioned, and I was like, Oh my God, she messaged, she put on my face. <laughs> And I could, that was one of the struggles of Facebook is that I couldn't talk to everybody. That was hard for me. Like the day that I realized I couldn't see all the posts, like Facebook didn't even show them to me all Mm. anymore. So even Mm. if I tried to go to the page and scroll through, it wouldn't show me all of them. It only showed Mm. me some of them. And that was frustrating. But the good thing about the new community is I do, the, the community doesn't hide anything. I can see everything in the order that they've been posted and I can comment on literally every post. And that's my favorite thing. Yeah, it's mine too. And I'm so mad that I waited because of my cheap self. Well, I'm so cheap. I'm glad you I'm made glad it. I'm there. And I love, I love the whole layout. So if you're not go there on. yet, join. Yeah, go to jenstevens.com slash community. Well, thank you so much, Crystal. Thank you so much. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on.
Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.